Good morning. We are on Lamed Amud Aleph 30a at the two dots, three lines from the bottom. Marvin Lanazir Biyayin, the Mishnah said that we may make an Eru for a Nazir using wine. And just as a reminder, we are talking here uh, about Eru Tchumen, that is, making an Eru uh, to allow you to walk more than 2,000 Amos uh, outside of your home or your city on Shabbos. Where it says, Our Mishnah is not like Beit Shammai. Beit Shammai. Netanya, we learned in the Brisa, Beit Shammai Omrim Ein Arvin Lenazir Biyayin Lisrabi Truma. Beit Shammai says you may not make an Eru for a Nazir with wine, or for a Yisrael with Truma, because a Yisrael cannot eat Truma, and a Nazir cannot drink wine. Beit Hillel Omrim Arvin Lenazir Biyayin Lisrabi Truma. And Beit Hillel said you may make an Eru for a Nazir with wine, or for a Yisrael with Truma. Amrullah had Beit Hillel Beit Shammai. And Beit Hillel said to Beit Shammai, Yetem Modim, Shem Arvin Lagadol, Yom Kippurim, turning to Amaphase, do you not agree that you can make an Eruv for an adult on Yom Kippur? He can't eat on Yom Kippur. Whatever you made the Eruv with, he can't eat it. So why is that different from a Nazir with wine? Amrulahen, Haval. And Beit Shammai said, Indeed, it's true. You can make an Eruv for a Gadol for Yom Kippur. Amrulahen, so Beit Hillel said, Kishem Shemarvin Lagadol Biyom Kippurim Kain Marvin Lanazir Biyain Ulisavi Truma. Beit Hillel said, just as you can make an Eruv for an adult for Yom Kippur, even though he can't eat it, so too you can make an Eruv for a Nazir with wine or for Yisrael with Truma, even though he can't eat it. U Beit Shammai, and what would Beit Shammai reply? Hatam Yom. The food with which you make an Eruv for Yom Kippur was fit to eat before Yom Kippur. But if, but if you make an Eruv for a Nazir with wine, or for a Yisrael with Truma, it is not food that was fit to be eaten before Shabbos. And so it's not comfortable. Who is this Brisa like? Not like Hananya. Titania, as we learned in the Brisa, Hananya Omer. Hananya says, the cold clay Tashmishab Lasham. Beit Shammai, according to Hanania, does not acknowledge the possibility of making an Eruv, and again, we're talking about an Eruv Tchumin, to be able to walk more than 2,000 Amos, unless you take your bed and all of your stuff out to there. You have to really make it your home. And so, this Brisa that we've been discussing, in which Beit Shammai agreed that you could make an Eruv for Yom Kippur with food is not like Hananiah because it seems from the Brisa that food is sufficient. You don't need to move your bed and all of your belongings out to the place where you want to to make your home for purposes of calculating 2,000 Amos. And the idea of an Erev Tchumin is that you are moving your home to this other place that's up to 2,000 Amos away and we allow you to do it with food, just by putting a sandwich there, or two sandwiches. That's enough for two meals. Uh, but according to Hanania, Beishamai says, no, you have to really move if you want. So you see that the entire discussion that we had until now was not like Hanania. Gemara asks, Shaman az lahaditanya, hirev bishchorim lo yitzei Like whom is the Brisa which said 
that if you made your Aero wearing black clothes, you may not go out wearing white clothes. And if you made your Aero wearing white clothes, you may not go out wearing black clothes. Kiman, who's that like? said, it's it's Hananya according to Shamai. Because they, they they say that you need to move all of your stuff out to the place where you want to make an Aero. So you can't be wearing different clothes. Tomorrow Asakasha. Well, that implies that if you made the Eruv wearing white clothes, you can't go out with black clothes, but you can go out with white clothes. Why is that? According to Hananya, Shammai requires you to take all of your belongings out, both your, your black hat for the winter and your white hat for the summer, you need to take them both out to the place where you want to make it Chom Shabbos. What do you mean, if you did it wearing black, you can't go out wearing white? No, if you did it wearing black, you can't go out wearing anything, because you can't go out at all, out of the Chom Shabbos, because you didn't take all of your stuff. So the Gemara says, Hachikamar. This is what it means to say, If you made an Eruv wearing white, because you are a person who ordinarily wears only white, and then for some reason you needed black, if, God forbid, a person was put in cherem or became an avel and he needed to wear black, and he didn't anticipate it before, he may not go out even with white. In other words, if he only owned white at the time he made the Eruv, and then suddenly he needed black, he may not go out even with white. That's how the Ritva explains it. Kiman, so who is that like? That is Hananya according to Beit Shammai, because they say you need to take all of your stuff out. And the Chiddush of, of this Brisa is, even if your stuff changed, in other words, your stuff used to be only white, and now your stuff also needs black, uh, black clothing, then you could not, you could not rely on that as an error, on the error that you make. Sumchos Omer B'cholin. Sumchos says that you cannot make an error for Yisrael with Truma. Uh, that error must be Chulin. Mara asks, It seems that Sumchos does not argue regarding making an error for a Nazir with wine. My time up. Why not? Because he can do Hataras Nadarim and, and undo his Nazirus and then he can have wine. Well, then, Sumchus should permit using Truma also, because he could do Hatars Nadarim, and it won't be Truma anymore. Our answers, No, if he would do Hatars Nadarim, it would become Tevel again, and Tevel is prohibited, one is prohibited to eat Tevel, and therefore it would not be a good Eruv anyway, no matter how you look at it. If it's Truma, he can't eat it because he's Yisrael. And if it's Tevel, he can't eat it because nobody can eat Tevel. So either way, it doesn't work. So the Gemara says, the What's the problem? Let him say the the Tevel that I have in my cupboard at home will be Truma on this Tevel that's out in the field, and everything will be fine. In other words, he'll put the Truma out in the field, then. Bein Hashmashos, he'll do Hatars Nadarim, 
and then he'll say the produce that I have somewhere else should be truma on this produce, and everything's fine. Our answers people who are careful about truma and maser are not suspected of giving truma from things that are not adjacent to each other. And the reason is, Rashi says, because the truma that you take should be of the same quality as the produce from which you are taking truma. And if they're not next to each other, you cannot compare them to make sure that they are of similar quality. Mara asks, Okay, so take truma from what used to be truma. In other words, you set out your Eruv Chumin from truma, then then you say the northwest corner of the sandwich will be truma. My answer is delayed by Shiura. It's talking about a case where you put out exactly two meals worth, and if you now take truma, truma doesn't have a sheer midoraisa. So even the tiniest amount would be truma, but if you would make any amount of those two sandwiches truma, you now you don't have enough for two meals, and it's not a valid Eru. Mara says, my Pascha, how can you be so definitive about it? Like, we have a whole Mishnah for that unusual case where a person put out exactly that amount of food? That's pretty far-fetched. Ella, rather, some kusavr lakarabanan, to amri kol devar shumishum shvut gazru alav benash mashat. It's later in the, in the Masechet, a couple days, uh, whether things which are only prohibited on Shabbos midrabanan are prohibited benash mashos or not. And one of those things is taking truma. So, Sumchos holds like the Rabbanan that things which are Asr Midrabanan are Asr Benashmashos. Therefore, you cannot separate truma on Shabbos, uh, Benashmashos, that is, the time when you must acquire your Erev Tchumen. The Erev Tchumen is effective at the moment of Benashmashos, or the time span of Benashmashos, uh, as we'll discuss later. I think we'll get there today. There's a focus whether whether the Eruv even needs to last beyond Venus Rushes or not. Do we care if it lasts beyond Venus Rushes? So at that particular time, when you need to acquire the Eruv, or when you need the Eruv to acquire a, a place for you, you're not allowed to take Truma. And therefore, this scheme that we were discussing wouldn't work. And that's why Sumko says that you cannot make an Eruv with Truma, because it doesn't help to be matir neder and to annul your previous giving of truma and to give and now to give truma again because you can't give truma benishmashos. Mar asks, Kiman azla haditznan, like whom is the following Mishnah? Mishnah in Kalim. Yesh sheamru akol mashu adam. There are some contexts in which we say it all depends on the person, on the person's size. For example, malokumso mincha. A Kohen has to take a handful of the carbon mincha. Every Kohen's handful is different. The Kohen Gadol has to take a handful of, two handfuls of Torah from Kippur. Every Kohen Gadol is different. A person drinks a mouthful on Yom Kippur, he's Chayev. Every person's mouthful is different. 
and two meals for an Eruv, what's two meals for one person is not two meals for a different person. Come on. Who is this like? I'm Rabbi Zera. Sumkos he. It's Sumkos. Tamar, my Dechazi Le'bi'inan. Sumkos says, we need what's fit for you. That is, not a Yisrael with Truma. We need something that's fit for you. So too, we need an amount that's fit for you. And if your idea of two meals is 15 hamburgers, then you need 15 hamburgers. And if your idea of two meals is two carrot sticks, then two carrot sticks is enough. Mara says, Let's say this argues with Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar. Said that we make an error for a chole or a or an elderly person according to what he would eat, and for a gluttonous person, uh, we use the average meal, the average meal of a person. So you see that Rabbi Shimon Lazar does not say we always go by a person's standards, we sometimes apply an average standard. Mara says, No, they're not arguing. When the Mishnah said, There are some contexts in which we said, it all depends on the person, it was talking about the Chola and Zakein that Rabbi Shem ben was talking about. But a glutton, his opinion is nullified uh, in comparison to everyone else, and we don't deal with his opinion. So for a elderly or sick person, even even the, the Mishnah, not like the example I gave of 15 hamburgers versus two carrots, what the Mishnah meant was that for an elderly or sick person, two meals will be smaller than two meals for the average person. But if somebody is a glutton and his two meals are bigger than the average person, we would ignore that. And he would just need two meals of an average person. The Mishnah said, You can put the Eruv in a Beta Pras for a Kohen. A Beta Pras is a field in which there was a grave, and then it was plowed. And now, presumably, the bones are dispersed in pieces over the whole field. And Halacha is that bones without flesh if it's not the entire skeleton or the majority of the skeleton, then a bone without flesh is not metame but ohel. It does not make a person tame when he uh, when he's over it or it's over him. It only makes the person tame by touching. So how can you put an arrow for a coin in a beta prost? Because Rabbi Huda said that Shmuel said a person may blow a beta pras and walk there. In other words, if you either get down on your knees and blow in front of you as you walk away, you will blow away any small bones and you will uncover any big bones and make sure not to touch them. Presumably, you could use a leaf blower or something. You don't need to crawl through. Rabbi Huda Barami Mishmei to Rabbi Huda Mar Beta Prashi Dashtahar. Rabbi Huda Barami says in the name of Rabbi Huda, a beta pras that was trampled by people is tahar because we assume that any bones there have been trampled smaller than a barley kernel and no longer transmit to them. Rabbi Yehuda says you can also put the Eruv in a cemetery for a Kohen. Tana, we learned in Brisa, 
Why is that? Brisa says because you can make a machitza by going there inside a closed uh, box. These are various kinds of transportation uh, vehicles. One of them, Rashi says, is uh, a box that women carried in. These women, I guess, didn't go out in public, and so they would, when they went out, they would be inside a box. Uh, that's a shida, yudal. Rashi translates into French. But they're all things that would create a mechitza for a Kohen, so he wouldn't become Tame. Rashi points out they need to be bigger than 40 seya, so that they are not, not considered kalim, because if they are considered kalim, then they themselves would become Tame, and something that can become Tame is not a mechitza for Toma, or not a chatzitza, I should say, for Toma. So it's not where they're very large. Kasavar ohel zaruk shmei ohel. So Rabbi Yehuda apparently holds that a moving ohel is an ohel. And it's the same machlokas as the following tanaim. In other words, Rabbi Yehuda says that you could put the eruv in the cemetery for a kohen because he holds a moving ohel is still an ohel and therefore it's a chatzitza. It's a separation. And the chachamim who don't permit putting the Eruv in the cemetery hold that a moving ohel is not an ohel and therefore it's not a chatzitza for the Kohen. Zitanya, learned in Raisa, Nichnas Eretzamim Bishidati Vavidal. A person goes into Chutzlaretz. The Chachamim made all of Chutzlaretz Tamei Midrabanan. The person goes into Chutzlaretz Bishidati Vavidal in one of these closed boxes. Rebbe Metamei, Rebbe Yossi, Rebbe Huda Metaher. Uh, Rebbe says he's Tamei, and Rebbe Yossi, Rebbe Huda says he's Tahar. What are they arguing about? Rebbe, who says he's Tamei, holds a moving Ohel, is not an Ohel. Therefore, he was not separated from the Tomah. And one holds, the other holds, that a moving Ohel is an Ohel, and therefore he was separated from Tomah. This issue comes up, for example, everyone, every few years you hear controversies about uh, airplanes taking off either from Ben-Gurion or from Kennedy Airport flying over Jewish cemeteries. Uh, so if you hold Ohel Zaruk Shmei Ohel, then the Kohen's protected. He's inside the airplane. But if you hold Ohel Zaruk Lav Shmei Ohel, a moving Ohel is not an Ohel, and being inside the airplane is no help because there's no separation between the Kohen and the cemetery. Mara continues, That which we learned, Rabbi Yehuda says, turning to You may make an Eruv for a Kohen who is Tahar with Truma, which is Tahora, in a grave, like in a cave or in a mausoleum, how would you go there? You'd go in a Shidatival But when you put the food there, it became Tameh. Okay. In other words, we have three things here. We have the Kohen, who's Tahar, and he stays Tahar because he's in this box. We have the Truma, which was Tahora. The Gemara is asking, well, how can it be Tahora? Once you put it inside the grave, inside the cave or the mausoleum, it's no longer Tahar. It's Tamei Ba'ohel. Where answers, the Shalom Shara, Oshini Oshava Mei Perot. 
where it never became fit to become tame because food is not fit to become tame unless it became wet. And this is talking about food that never became wet. Or even if it became wet, but like it's bread, but it was it's egg matzah, it was made with fruit juice. And fruit juice is not machshir, it doesn't make something fit to become tame. Where it says, okay, so we solved the Kohen staying tahar, we said he's in a box. We solved the truma being tahora, it's a type of food that can't become tame, either because it never became wet or it became wet but only with fruit juice. But how are you going to bring it to you? It's in a grave. How you, you can't get out of the box and go into the cave or the mausoleum to get the food. Our answer is you will use a wooden implement which is, has no receptacle. It's like a broom handle, let's say. Uh, and a wooden implement which has no receptacle below the Kabli Tumai cannot become Tame. A metal a metal implement, like a, a spit, a metal spit that has no receptacle can become tame. And if you would stick it in the grave, it would become tame and it would make anything it touches tame. But a wooden implement, like a, bro- a wooden broom handle that has no receptacle cannot become tame. Samara says, still it's a problem, the hakam mahil, but the wooden implement is creating an ohel. If you Going, you can see the ruler that I'm holding. Okay, so I'm holding the ruler with my hand. Part of my hand is under the ruler because I have my hand gripping the ruler. Okay, and I stick it into the grave and you know nudge the truma out of it. Well, I created an ohel between the grave and traveling up the ruler to my hand, and my hand is under the ruler, so my hand is tummy now. So the Gemara answers, It's talking about where you're holding the back end of this broomstick or whatever it is, and it's not a tefach wide. And if it's not a tefach wide, it doesn't create an ohel. So the Gemara says, okay, we worked that out very neatly. So Yahachi, my time is Rabbanan. Then why did the Rabbanan argue? Sounds like everything works out very well. Why did the Rabbanan argue? Our answer is, Because something having nothing to do with Toma or Eru, a grave is Asr Bahana, not allowed to have benefit from a grave. So how could you put your Eru there? Mar asks, Do you mean to tell me Rabbi Huda holds you are allowed to have Hana from a grave? Mar answers, No. Rabbi Huda holds, that mitzvos were not given for pleasure. In other words, the pleasure that you get from mitzvos doesn't have the halachic status of mitzvos. This does not mean you're not supposed to enjoy mitzvos. It, it, you are supposed to enjoy mitzvos in a spiritual way. They're supposed to make you happy. But we learned, I was in Parsha last week, right, that the tochacha is from not serving Hashem with joy. But it means the enjoyment you get from mitzvahs is not considered hana, halachically. So something which is asr hana, you still could use for a mitzvah. So the Gemara says, Ela had amra rava mitzvah lav le nanti lema ketanai? Amra, nishmate. So that which rava said, mitzvahs were not given for hana. Are you telling me it's a machlokas tanaim? That Rav Yehuda holds 
mitzvos lav lahenos nitnu. Mitzvos were not given for hana, and the chachamim hold mitzvos were given for hana, and therefore the chachamim have to say you cannot put a eruv in a in a grave because you can't have hana from a grave. What's the mitzvah here? The mitzvah is that we're assuming you cannot make an eruv tchumin except for a mitzvah. In other words, you cannot make an eruv tchumin just because you want to go visit your buddy in the next town. But you can make an Erev Tumen to go to a minion, to go do a bris, to go visit a sick person, to go be Menachem Abel. It can't be Menachem Abel on Shabbos, but you know, for, for a mitzvah. So that's the mitzvah we're talking about. So what we're saying is Machlokas Tanaim. And when Rava said, uh, made a blanket statement, Mitzvah Slav Lahenusnit, no, that, and that's in Rosh Hashanah where Rava made that statement. That it was actually as a machlokas tanaim. So Mara says, Amar lecha Rava. Rava would say to you, Israel who dein marvin el dvar mitzvah dikole amo mitzvah lavle not email. Because if it was true, what I just told you that you can only make an eruv tchumin for a mitzvah, then then Israel who dein marvin el dvar mitzvah dikole amo lavle not dikole amo mitzvah lavle not email. Then everyone would say that mitzvos were not given for hanah. But this is what they're arguing about. Actually, Rabbi Yehuda holds you can only make an arrow for bar mitzvah. And a chachamim holds you can make an arrow even for a davar rishus, an arrow tchumin, even for something optional like going to visit your buddy in the next town. So Rabbi Yehuda says you can put the Eruv in a grave because you're not getting Hanal from the grave because you only made the Eruv to go do a mitzvah and mitzvahs are not considered pleasure. Chachamim holds you cannot put an Eruv in the grave because you could make an Eruv even for a pleasure outing and you can't have pleasure from a grave. Where it asks, Elahad Amarav Yosef in Marvin Elodvar Mitzvah. So now you mean to tell me that that which Rabbi Yosef said you can only make an arrow for a mitzvah. Lema katanai Did he say that according to a machlokas tanaim? Because you're telling me that Rabbi Yehuda holds you can only make an arrow for a dvar mitzvah, and Rabban holds you can make an arrow even for pleasure. Amalachar of Yosef, Rabbi Yosef would say to you, no. Everyone holds you can only make an arrow for a mitzvah. And everyone holds that the pleasure you get from a mitzvah does not have halachic status of pleasure. This is what Rabbi Yehuda and the Rabbanan are arguing about. Rabbi Yehuda holds that once Benash Rashos passes and you have acquired your Eruv, meaning you have acquired your Shvisa, your habitation at the new place, you don't care if your Eruv stays or not. The Yitzchak Achile and the Chachamim hold, you do care if your Eruv stays because you want to eat it. So if you don't care if your Eruv stays, you really only need it to be there a very short time during Benish Mashos, and that's not called pleasure. But if you want your Eruv to stay a long time so that it will be available for you to eat when you get there tomorrow, that is called having pleasure. Mishnah. Ma'arvin v'dmai, you can make an Arab with d'mai. D'mai is produce of an Amaaretz, or Rashi says, bread of an Amaaretz, from which you don't know whether he took Maser. 
and from Maser Rishon, whose Truma was taken, and Maser Sheni and Hekdesh that were redeemed, and Kohanim can make an Eruv with Chala, but not with Tevel, produce from which Truma was not taken, not from Maser Rishon, whose Truma was not taken, and not from Maser Sheni and Hekdesh that were not redeemed. Just to review the process, if you have a field and you harvest it, so first you give Truma to a Kohen. Truma has no shear, but Midrabanan, it's 2%. Then you give 10% of the remainder, or 9.8% of the uh, total, to a Levi for Maser. The Levi gives... 10% of that to the Kohen for Trumas Maser. Uh, the Israel, the owner of the field, gives another 10% of what, well, 10% of what's remaining now, which is 8.9 something. Uh, he gives, if it's the first, second, fourth, and fifth years of the Shemitah cycle, he separates Maser Sheni and takes it to Shalayim to eat there. But if it's too much to eat, he can redeem it and take the money to Shalayim. And if it's the third and sixth year of Shemitah cycle, he gives Maser Ani. He gives that tithe to a poor person. So the Gemara says, Dmai, you can make an error with Dmai, Halochavi, lay. It's not fit for him. You can't eat it. Where it says, yes, he can. Because if he would make all of his belongings hefker, ownerless, he would be considered poor, and he could eat it. So now too he can eat it. Ditznan. You learn the Mishnah, You are allowed to give poor people Dmai to eat. Turn your page. And if you have soldiers who are quartered in your house, you may feed them Dmai. Ravuna says, if you learn the Brisa, that Bechamai says you may not give poor people Dmai, and Bechamai says you may give poor people Dmai. We hold like Basilo that you may give poor people Dmai, and since you have the ability to become poor if you want, by making all of your belongings Hefker, therefore you could eat Dmai in theory, and therefore you can make an Eruv of Dmai. The Gemara continues, You can make an Eruv with Maser Sheni whose Truma was taken. Shita, that's obvious. Gemara answers, Lo, Tzricha, no, it's necessary. Shikdimo b'shibolin. We're talking about a case where you did not follow the proper procedure that I told you before, but rather the levy came when the grain was still in the stalks. You gave him maser. Now he's not getting 9.8%. He's getting 10% because you haven't given truma yet. So he's getting 10% of the total. So he's, he's hurrying to come out to the field early so that he can get more. And then he separates tithe from that, which is Trumas Maser, but you've never given Truma. And that's the case where the Mishnah says that it's okay to use it for an Eru. Like Rabbi Abahu said that Rish Lakish said, that Rabbi Abahu said that Rabbi Abahu said that Rish Lakish said, If you gave Maser Rishon from the stalks, from the grain in the stalks. Before you gave truma, it is now exempt from truma idola.
Truma Gedola means the Truma that's given to the Kohen, as opposed to Truma's Maser, which, as I Truma Gedola is the Truma that the Israel gives the Kohen, as opposed to Truma's Maser, which is the Truma that the Levi gives the Kohen. So if you give Maser from the produce while it's still in the stalks, before giving Truma, it is now exempt from tru- Truma Gedola. Why? Because it says regarding Maser that you should take from it a Truma to Hashem, a tenth of a tenth. Maser mina Maser, Maser. The Torah says that the lady should give a tenth of a tenth and not more than a tenth of a tenth, not Truma Gedola and Trumas Maser from the Maser. So the Maser that the Levi got when he hurried out to the field and got Maser from the produce that was still in the stalks is not subject to Truma Gedola, only Trumas Maser. And that's what the Mishnah means when it says that you can make an Eruv out of Maser Rishon whose Truma was taken. It means Maser Rishon whose Trumas Maser was taken even though its Truma Gedola was never taken. If so, even if the levy comes first after the pile of grain is made, we've been talking about if the levy comes when the grain is still in the stalks. What about after the grain is taken out of the stalks and it's now in a pile? Would the same thing apply? Nami in a pile also. So, so Abaye said to him, about you, the Pasuk says, and others regarding your question, the Pasuk says, From all your Maser, you should take all the Truma of Hashem. And the Levi would have to give Truma Gidola in such a case. What do you see that made you apply one Pasuk to stalks and one Pasuk to the pile of grain? Because one the pile of grain is considered Dagan, and the stalks are not considered Dagan. The Torah says you should give Truma from Reshit Diganacha, the first of your Dagan, and Dagan means a pile of grain. So when it's in the stalks, it's not yet called Dagan. When it's in the pile, it is. Mishnah then said that you can give, you can make an Arab from Maser, Shani, and Hektesh that will redeem. Shita, that's obvious. Our answer is, no, it's necessary. When you redeem Maser or Hektish, you're supposed to give a surcharge of one-fifth, and the Mishnah is talking about a case where you redeemed it and did not give a surcharge of one-fifth, and it's telling me that even though you did not give the surcharge that you're supposed to give, it is considered redeemed, and you can make an error from it. Avalo tevel, but not with Tevel. Shita, that's obvious. Lo, tzricha, no, it's necessary. The tevel tavul midrabanan. It's talking about something which is only tevel midrabanan. Kugon For example, if you grew wheat in a pot, a potted plant with no holes in it, so it's not nourishing at all from the earth, it's only chayav and truma midrabanan. And the Mishnah is telling us that even then you may not make an Eruv out of it until you separate Truma and Maser. And not for Maser Rishon, whose Truma was not taken. Shita, that's obvious. Lo, it's Shrikha, no, it's necessary. It's not a case where the Levi came to the pile of grain before the Kohen, 
and he got Maser, and he took Trumas Maser, but he did not take Truma Gedola. I might think that you could use it for an Eruv, like Rapapa argued above to Abaye, we had a few minutes ago. The Mishnah is telling us no, like Abaye answered Rapapa, that we distinguish between the case where the Levi got Maser from the stalks versus the case where the Levi got Maser from the pile. In the latter case of the pile, the Levi does have to give Truma Gidola. In the case of the stalks, he does not have to give Truma Gidola. And when the Mishnah says, not for Maser Rishon, if Truma was not taken, it means where the Levi got Maser from the pile before Truma Gidola was separated, and the Levi has not yet separated Truma Gidola. Below Maser Shini Vekesh and not with Maser Shini and Hektesh, which were not redeemed. Shita, this is obvious. Lotzricha, no, it needs to be said, Shepeda'an, where he redeemed them, below Peda'an Kilchatan, but he didn't redeem them properly. Maser Shepeda'o Agava Simon, how are you not, how do you redeem Maser but not properly? If you redeem it on a blank, a coin that doesn't have the emperor's face or whatever the proper design is, uh, in, embossed on it, it's just a blank. Rahmana Amarvit Sarta Kesef, the Torah says, that Sarta Kesef, literally it means you should put the, your money in a bundle, in other words, you should redeem the Maser Shani and put the money in your money bag and take it to Shalim. But we darshan, Kesef Sheishlav Tzura. It's money which has a form. You cannot redeem Maser Shani with money that does not have a form. And Hekdesh, how do you redeem Hekdesh but not properly? Shechilolog of Karka, where you redeemed the Hekdesh for land. Rahman Amar, the Torah says, in Atana Kesef Akamlo that you will give them money and it will be yours. So it's those cases that you need to tell me that it's not considered redeemed and therefore you cannot make an Eruv with. Mishnah. Ashalech Eruvo Biyad Cherish Tevekatan O Biyad Mishi Nomo Debe Eruv You know Eruv. If you want to make an Eruv Tchumen 2,000 almost away and you give the food to a Cherish Shota or Katan to transport to the location 2,000 miles away, oh, biyad mishiv enomo de beiruv, where you give it to someone who doesn't acknowledge the legitimacy of eruv. It's not an eruv because you don't know if it ever got there. So how can you rely on it? But if you told someone else to receive it from him, then it is a good eruv. Gemara, the katan lo, can you not? Send your Eruv with a Katan. Ravuna Katan But Ravuna said a Katan may go around to all the neighbors to collect the bread for the Eruv. Lo Kasha. It's not a Kasha. Kan Tchumin. Kan Our Mishnah is talking about Eruv Tchumin. As Tosos asked on Rashi at the very beginning of the Perak, I mentioned it's clear throughout the Perak that we're talking about Eruv Tchumin. Why does Rashi, the beginning of the parak, say we're also talking about Eruv Katseros? I saw one answer to explain Rashi, which uh, is a little complicated, and it has really had to do with a theory about how the Gemara was printed, and then the person who gave that answer acknowledged that can't be a correct answer because Tosos was before printing, and Tosos clearly thought that Rashi was saying that the Perak is talking about Eruv Chatzeros. But you see here a clear proof that, we're ta- that we are talking about Eruv Tchumen. Because the Gemara answers 
Now, Rav Huna was talking about Eru Chatzeros. That is, you can send a child to all the neighbors to collect the bread for Eru Chatzeros. We are talking about Eru Pumin, and you cannot send a child because you don't know if it will get there. By collecting the bread for Eru Chatzeros is not a significant act. It's just somebody's got to collect it. It might as well be a kid. And the making the Eruv happens after the bread is collected. But taking the bread out 2,000 almost away and putting it down, that is what makes the Eruv. And you can't trust a kid to do that. Obiad Mishay no Modev Eruv. Mishay says, or someone who doesn't acknowledge an Eruv. Man, who is that? Amrachisa Kutai. Akuti, even someone who keeps many of the mitzvos, but if he doesn't believe in mitzvos, then, I'm sorry, if he doesn't believe in Eruv, then you can't trust him. And if you told someone else to receive it from him, it is a good Eruv. What good does it do that you told someone else to receive it? You don't know if he received it. Maybe he won't receive it. He doesn't have a cell phone, or it's before cell phones, so you can't talk to him to find out if he received it. Mara says, Like Ramchista said in another case, where you're standing and watching, you're standing and watching, you're watching the kid, you're up on your roof, or you have binoculars, and you're watching the kid go out 2,000 amos, and you see him hand the food to the adult who's out there. Mara says, Maybe he won't take it from him, he won't make an Eru. Those, even if you see him take it, maybe he won't make an Eru. It's like Rabbi Chiel said in another case, that there's a presumption that a shliach fulfills, an agent fulfills his agency. Here too, we say there's a presumption that a, a, a shliach fulfills his shlichus, the agent fulfills his agency, and he will make the Eru. Where were these statements of Rabbi and Rabbi Chiel said? Aha, Itmar, it was said about the following. Titania, we learned in a brisa. If you gave the Eruv to your trained elephant or trained monkey and he took it out, it's not an Eruv because even though they're trained, but they, you don't know that they're going to make an Eruv for you. But if you told someone else who's 2,000 almost away to receive the Eruv from the elephant or the monkey, it's a good Eruv. That's the Brysa. And we ask, maybe it will never get there. Where you're watching. Maybe the shliach won't receive it from him and make an Eruv. There is a presumption that a shliach fulfills his shlichos. We will stop there. Have a good day.